Good morning to you. My name is Emmanuel Bakey, and I'm the curate here at Christ Church Sobbeting Hill. Our series in the Gospel of Mark continues today, and I would ask you to keep your Bibles open to the section that has been read to us, as we'll come back to some of those verses shortly. We recall, for those of you who followed our reading in the past, that at the beginning of chapter 5, we met a man who was possessed with demons, restored back to normalcy by Christ. In the scriptural reading today, however, we encounter two people who their desperation led them to the feet of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that the unfolding of your words will give us light and understanding. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Trust Christ totally with your life. In the passage just read to us, we heard about a man called Jairus who was a desperate father, worried about his daughter. And what he did was to walk up to Christ in the middle of a huge crowd and falls at his feet and begs him. Verse 23 saying, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and leave. Jairus was a ruler of the local synagogue, an elected leader responsible for a number of things in the synagogue, including keeping the scroll instructing young men in the Torah. He was also responsible for dispensing benevolence to the poor. The administration of the services, times of worship in the synagogue were all his responsibility. So he was an influential man in the society, a man of power and stature. His little daughter, at that time, was 12. She became instantly the center of the crowd's attention as her father publicly pleaded on her behalf. He was a big man in town, and so was she. Everyone was worried because Jairus was worried. But he trusted Christ to heal her. Sickness is a human condition which is universal. The rich and the poor fall ill. No social class is exempt. Though Jairus was influential, he was a humble man 
and was not like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who opposed Jesus. He was desperate. He risked everything. Not even the crowd could stop him from getting to Christ. Before whom he fell on his knees and begged. The man of influence met the one who was from above and to whom all authority in heaven and on earth has been given. Matthew 28 verse 18. He bowed before the Messiah whom he fully trusted to save his daughter. Some of you are parents and can easily identify with Jairus' agony, desperation, and fear conveyed in those words, my little daughter is dying. The best thing you can do for your family as a parent is to fall on your knees in faith and pray for them at all times. And even more so when the situation becomes grim, trusting fully in Christ at all times. As they were on their way, something happened which must have caused some nervousness to Jairus. Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, stopped, turned around, and asked, who touched my clothes? Verse 30. There in the crowd was a woman who had been subject to bleeding, verse 25, and had suffered many indignities for 12 years. Under the care of many doctors, she had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Verse 26. Here are the implications of her condition. Under, the, under Jewish law, a woman in her menstrual period is unclean, and she must remove herself from the community and be in isolation until she becomes clean again. And to be reintegrated into the community, she had to undergo a specified cleansing ritual. Please take a minute to imagine this. The suffering of this woman was not for a couple of days, but for 12 years. So this was a huge burden on her. No one spoke or touched her for those years. No friends, no husband, no family, no relationships. She was banned from the synagogue. So she was without spiritual life and spiritual connection. She remained outside the community, pushed to the margins as it were in isolation, in loneliness. No one could help her. Not even the doctors who took her money. She remained vulnerable and broken. Bleeding caused her to be weak, pale, anemic, with death looming. 
as blood continued to flow out of her. For the life of the creature is in the blood, we are told in Leviticus 17 verse 11. As she hemorrhaged, life was slipping away. Her condition was incurable and painful both physically and emotionally. Shame was written all over her, made worse by the feeling of rejection as people consciously avoided coming close to her. In her desperation, however, she trusted fully in the Messiah to cure her. She musters courage and pushes through the crowd and touches the hem of his garment anonymously, of course, unlike Jairus, who went face to face with Jesus. The odds against the woman were high. She was a woman to start with. She was ceremonially unclean. And the crowd was not a place an unclean woman should be found by law. But by faith she broke through the barriers. She trusted Jesus totally with her life. And something happened. Having been healed she could have walked away quietly. But Jesus had a bigger plan for which she was called out. Not for rebuke, not to shame her, but this call out caused a delay in the journey to the home of a desperate leader. Then the woman, knowing what she had what had happened to her came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. Verse 33. We don't know the details of what she said but we know she hid nothing from him and Christ then assured her of her healing and salvation. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. Verse 34. He calls her daughter because she had become a child of God. She trusted fully in the Messiah who saves and her deepest need for forgiveness and salvation were met in Jesus. We are told that many in the crowd had touched him. Verse 37, the disciples were wondering how, why he should be asking that question. But in his sovereignty, however, it is this desperate woman's touch that made a difference. His sovereignty looked massively at her. And she got saved and healed. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Earlier I told you about the human, the universal human condition. But here we see that not only vulnerability to sickness 
But a, and a, a bigger vulnerability of the fallenness is sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible tells us. Sin separates man from God, but God loves the sinner. God and sin cannot mix. This word sin is not popular in modern culture. People avoid talking about it. They would rather talk about mistakes, moral failure, or error of judgment than call it what it is really. Some will excuse it by saying they were born that way. Let me define it to you. Sin is anything that falls short of God's standards. Sin is the one thing that separates humanity from God. In Christ, the woman found more than physical healing. She was reconciled to God because she fully trusted Christ. Would you trust Christ fully to save you from your sins which have separated you from God? Would you trust him to bring you into God's family? Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. Another important lesson from this text is about who we entrust with our weariness, our sadness, our experience of the pandemic, of the lockdown, quarantine, Isolation helps us to appreciate the desperation of the woman in this story who was isolated for 12 years. It has been hard on us, no doubt. Families couldn't be together at Christmas. Parties are no longer held physically, but over Zoom. No social gathering. Travel ban, church closure, home walking, home learning, grief from the loss of loved ones, no hug, no, it's even difficult to have smiles these days because face covering covers that smile. If this will be of any comfort to you, be informed that medical researchers have identified that a significant number of people have suffered the disruption of their normal way of life. Obvious. They have suffered loneliness, monotony, boredom, threat, danger, uncertainty, low mood and low motivation. And of course, the paradox of social proximity and separation. When a man is in isolation, he may be in, the, in one room in the house for two weeks or less, but he would hear voices of his family, chatters around, but though they are so close, yet they are far from him. The question is this, would you trust Christ fully with your weariness and have faith in him for renewal, for revival, and for comfort. 
Just then, what came from Jairus' house, saying, basically, Jesus has taken too long. The girl is dead. Verse 35. The Messiah's timely word to the shocked and perhaps sorrowful father was, do not be afraid. Only believe. Verse 36. Jesus leaves the crowd with only a select few with him, heads to the room and touched the girl. Little girl, he says, I say to you, arise. Verse 41. In Jewish culture, touching a corpse makes one unclean. But God made him who, had no, who knew no sin and had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. But Jesus met her in that dark, lonely place of death and brought her back to life. The miracle was astonishing. She got up and Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Fear, you see, can be debilitating. Fear for the welfare of those you love. Fear of sickness. Fear of death. But Christ says to you and to me, do not be afraid, only believe. We ought to trust Christ who has authority over creation. Authentic faith does not entertain fear, but fearfully trust Christ to save. The miracles of Christ in this passage demonstrate his power, his divine power over sickness and death and points to the kingdom which has come close. He died on the cross to reconcile men and women to God. Look, physical death is inevitable for all mankind. But Jesus declared, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. John chapter 11, verse 25. Sisters and brothers, Christ challenges us to have faith in him at all times, whether in good health, in sickness, or in death. Faith is a gift which must be acted upon by fully trusting Christ who gives eternal life to those who come to him. Christ welcomes, in this passage we see Christ welcoming into his kingdom the girl and the woman. Two people from extreme ends of the social ladder. The kingdom of God calls both the marginalized and the elite and privileged into a family. The latter experience the death of that status of social, social uh, uh, recognition. And they come together to live this, the life of God. 
I would like to conclude with a comment on the verses read to us in chapter 6. Sadly, we observe a low point here in Nazareth. Perhaps due to familiarity which breeds contempt or some other influence, Christ was rejected by his own people who were offended at him, verse 3 of chapter 6, and they lacked faith in the Messiah. May this be a timely caution to those of us who have been in and around church for long. Please do not be complacent and do not lose faith and confidence in Christ who is the Savior of the world. And thank you so much, Emmanuel, for opening God's word for us this morning. And um, there's that real sense, isn't there, that God uh, wants us to put our faith in him. What an incredible um, circumstances uh, that came about in that story of, of the faith uh, of, of the old woman, of the faith of Jairus. I wonder, have we got faith like that? Have we got a faith like that, a faith in God, a faith in, in Jesus? that can lead us through tough times, that can bring healing, that can bring new life. Emmanuel reminded us at the end there of the beginning of chapter 6. And verse 6 says, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. And I wonder if some of us, and I know for me at times, my faith has taken hits. And I wonder if, if there's an opportunity now for us to ask God, to deepen our faith, to deepen our trust in him. And so if that's you, can I invite you to uh, maybe put your hands out in front of you? Um, this is something that we do in, in the children's work sometimes when we believe that God wants to tell us something because we, we're open to receiving something from God. So that's why we put our hands out. And then we invite God's spirit to work. Father God, thank you so much for this incredible word that you've brought us this morning thank you for these two people for this this old woman who had such incredible faith in you and for Jairus too who was bold, who was bold in his faith and God we pray in this moment Lord that you will draw near to us and that you will give us faith we believe faith is a gift from you so Lord give us more faith Help us to trust in Jesus. God, especially in this strange season. Thank you, Father.